welcome to Not a Hoax, Not a Dream, the podcast about comic book characters who just don't quit. You can try to write them off, but they'll just get written back in. You can try to kill them, but they'll just get better. I'm your host, Ben, and I'm recording from the blue area of the moon. Okay, yeah, I, I know I already did the blue area of the moon, but I'm here again, still trying to get the watcher to come onto my podcast as a guest. Not for this episode, mind you. It'd be kind of weird to invite a guest to talk about his own death, maybe? It seems like a touchy subject. Now, I've invited back my friend Joe, the Snack King. He's digging around for parts in the ancient ruins here, but should be back soon. So, for now, you know the drill. I'm just going to summarize the plot of a comic book in a really dry, semi-humorous way. So, here we go. In with the lizard-skinned champion of the galaxies, while the Watcher observes in grim silence. I can't smash anything on Earth! I must transfer the combatants to another area before they damage my equipment. The Hulk and his awesome foe are frozen for a moment and transported to a distant place known only to the Watcher. It's the start of a new year, 1963. And on January 3rd, Fantastic Four number 13 hits the stands. The cover depicts the super-powered quartet on the moon, the planet Earth floating in space behind them. But that's not all. The cover also teases the introduction of two characters. In this comic, they'll face the menace of the Red Ghost, but they'll also meet the most dramatic being of all time, the mysterious Watcher. Who is he? What is he? We find out in... Fantastic Four, number 13. Story, Stan Lee. Art, Jack Kirby. Inking, Steve Ditko. Lettering, Art Simic. Reed Richards, Mr. Fantastic, is gearing up to win the space race in the name of the United States of America. By harnessing the power of a strange meteor fragment, Reed is set to pilot a special rocket straight to the mysterious blue area of the moon. He's planning on going solo until his friend Ben Grimm, the Thing, pushes him into a glass tube and tells him the whole Fantastic Four is going with him. Meanwhile, on the other side of the world, the Red Ghost is also gearing up to win the space race in the name of the Soviet Union. In lieu of human companions, the Red Ghost is planning to bring to the moon three apes that he's trained for space travel. Both factions launch their ships, and as the Red Ghost and his apes pass through space, they are inflicted with the same cosmic rays that bestowed the Fantastic Four their powers. Miklo, the lowland gorilla, gains super strength and durability. Piotr, the orangutan, gains power over magnetism, and Igor, the baboon, gains the ability to shapeshift. The red ghost himself can now transform into a literal ghost, becoming invisible, with the ability to pass through solid objects. Both teams find themselves on the blue area of the moon, amidst the ruins of a mysterious technologically advanced civilization. It isn't long before they run into each other, but before too much of a conflict can break out, a strange being interrupts. He towers over them, wearing alien garb, a purple cape and white tunic. His head is bald, and his eyes glow with power. Cease this useless conflict! The Watcher commands you! After stopping their fight, the Watcher explains who he is. He comes from a faraway planet, a world that is one vast giant computer. His people travel all around the universe, observing other planets like this one where life evolved from seas of molten metal, and this other one where all of society is based on American gangster movies. 
Okay, the second one was a Star Trek episode, but you get the point. The Watcher flexes a bit, saying he's seen the death of worlds older than our entire galaxy, and countless times has witnessed promising peoples devolve into war and fighting. And you know what? If you want to do that on Earth and destroy your planet, that's up to you. But you had to just come up to the moon, where I live. So tell you what, instead of this vast war between your nations, let's do this. Fantastic Four, your Team America. Red Ghost and Apes, your Team Soviet Union. Fight it out. Decide this thing. You know. Alright, see ya. The Watcher disappears, leaving the two teams to battle each other and decide the winner of the entire Cold War. Or to decide who is going to control the moon. You know, the terms actually aren't super clear, but they do fight, and eventually the Fantastic Four are triumphant, partly because the Invisible Woman distracts the apes with a bunch of food. Turns out the Red Ghost wasn't feeding them much. Also, the Red Ghost stumbles into the Watcher's house and gets thrown around through time and space and knocked outside, where Reed shoots him with this gun he built. The Watcher declares the Fantastic Four the winners, and says he's leaving, never to be seen again. The End. What'd you think of the comics? I really... <laughs> I really like the Red Ghost for some reason. I think he's super silly. The fact that he starts off looking like just some random guy, and then he's like, oh, I'm the Red Ghost, and you're just like, wait, no, dude, you're still wearing, like, green. Like, it doesn't... It doesn't... Like, it visually doesn't fit for me, but I know it's supposed to be, like, red, like, you know, communism. Oh, but I think, is but that I, what it's but, supposed to be? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know why they didn't put him in a red costume. Because when I googled him, it, it, like the newest, uh, the newer pictures are a rendition of him have him in red. So that's what I was expecting. And right. The whole time I was remembering it, I was like, yeah, he's wearing green. And then I was like, hold on, let me bring up the comics this time because there was something I thought that was super ridiculous that I wanted to talk about. And I'm like, wait, he's just wearing green this whole time? It's funny, in the beginning, Reed keeps talking about how they got to beat the Reds to the moon, and they keep talking about the Reds, and I was like, and it did actually take me like a second before I was like, oh yeah, the Reds are communists. That's what they called them back then. <laughs> I feel really bad for the monkeys, or the apes, or whatever they are, and I like, I haven't yet, but I want to like look up and like read what happens to them, because I hope they have like a happy ending, because they legit are being starved. And then Miss, Miss, Miss fin- the Visible Girl, Miss Fantastic, is just like, uh, yeah, let's just feed these guys. And then they're like, totally cool. They just needed a good meal. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, I mean, that's how I get too. Sometimes if you haven't eaten, you just start working for this madman that takes you on a rocket into space. I mean, all my years of like not eating during work at, at restaurants, not once did a man ever offer to take, take me to space. But, but if he did, you would have went, right? I, you know, I, even if I had a full stomach, I'd probably say yes. I don't think I'm super gullible, but I feel like there's certain situations, like, hey, there's like a 97% chance of death, but like there's a 3% chance you get powers. I'd be like, all right, but can I finish my tacos or something? Right. What's funny about this is the whole thing is it's that they're both racing to get to the moon, the Fantastic Four and the Red Ghost. The Fantastic Four, you know, working for the U.S., the Red Ghost working for the Soviet Union. The, the funny thing is, is that Reed, Reed is, you know, in this rush to get to the moon and he's going to go by himself. But the thing tells him, no, we're going to go with you in the first. So in the first issue of Fantastic Four, Reed takes them all into space and that's how they get all their powers. And the thing gets all mutated and becomes like this mutated rock person, which yeah. is tragic thing for him so i thought it was funny that reed 
he's all set to go to the moon by himself but the th- but this time the thing says no we're gonna come with you and no, it's just yeah like, we're a group and then he puts him in like a jar like how did he <laughs> like like he just like sh- he just like it's so strong he shrinks uh reed into this little jar which i'd like i'd love to see more of that kind of stuff in, in the modern day era like this like super comical megram's just strong enough to to push him down and put him in the jar and reed's like all right i guess i have to listen to you that is wild, though, because you don't usually think of him as his powers working that way because he's always stretching himself out and making him bigger himself bigger. But I guess he can like just get, be super compressed, too, and just be like fit inside like a can like he could like you could condense him into like a can of soda, smuggle him in somewhere and then open the can and then out comes Mr. Fantastic. Surprise doom. That's not a cola. And right. then everyone just busts in. Like, I feel like, yeah, that's why have they not done that. I feel like that's a perfect. Such an off the wall reader, just like there's, there's no way they would expect this. This is the most ridiculous plan ever. All right, we're gonna do it. Yeah, I feel, I feel like Doctor Doom probably has banned soda in Latveria and in like certain, certain non, non cer- certain uh, things clear like that. Tra- containers. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> like just, just, just as a contingency against this very thing. I feel like all, all to go and uh, transportation containers have to be see through because right. of Reed Richards. <laughs> yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, this is the first time I think anyone in Marvel Comics is on the moon because we like the United States hasn't hadn't even been on the moon at this point in history. Well, this is a couple years ahead of that, right? Yeah. So what? What? When did we land on the moon, Joe? Quiz time. Later, later sixties. I'm gonna say sixty nine. Correct. Nineteen sixty nine. Yes. And and what year did this comic come out? Ooh, this was a couple years before. It's nineteen sixty three. So this oh, is actually this is... this is actually six years before. before. Do you think this? Did you think NASA was like inspired by this? We're like, well, maybe we'll get powers. Let's hurry up. I don't know. I kind of feel like they were probably working on it. Like, when did JFK give his like speech where he was like, "We're gonna land on the moon. We go. We chose. We choose to go to the moon." Officially titled the dress of okay. So he gave that speech in 1962. So that predates the comic. Okay, so that um, puts a precedence for space travel. All right, that's probably right, why right. it came out the next year because it was like the hot button issue. Like we're going to space, we're going to the moon, and it's pretty cool. And it, it's the first time we see the blue area in the moon, which is this reoccurring location that in Marvel comics it shows up in the X Men, where like the Phoenix in the Dark Phoenix saga, it shows up here. It shows up here and there, and it's just this ancient civilization. I want to say it was the Kree, but I don't honestly remember future me will have this in the um in in the intermission sections between us speaking so 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 you'll you'll know the answer to this listener but but uh but yeah this like ancient civilization built all you know built this this spot on the moon just to kind of live there and it's been there for 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 ages wasn't there a couple different uh entities that lived on the moon didn't the uh, inhumans live on the blue side of the moon at one point or still do uh yeah they were on the moon for a while and they and i feel like the murdochs uh were on the moon at one point too the murdochs the uh yeah the uh the sewer mutants murlocs maybe murlocs Murlocs. uh i don't know about that one i know um in recent history in recent x-men the summers family they lived they lived on the moon so like Scott and Gene and 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 Wolverine is there and they're they're all they're all living the, on the moon. The three of them, <laughs> yeah, right, okay. a- amongst others. 
you know, they were they worked it out. <laughs> they worked it out. Let's say I'm glad as long as everyone's happy. You know what? I'm glad. Yeah, they deserve some good some good time in their life. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I think they still live there. I, I don't really know. Last last time I checked, they were living on the moon. You know, they they go to Krakoa, the island, but there's like a there's like a gate where they can just kind of go in between Krakoa and in the moon and and New York City, depending on what they're doing at, a, at any given point. Yeah, in humans, definitely they were there for a while. They they might have lived in this city on the blue area of the moon, or they might have built their own city. I, I want to say it was called Adalan. Could they not find this city, or could they just not get in? I don't know. This this I don't I feel know like if I, I would want to live here. Like honestly. Like the watcher doesn't seem like a good neighbor, Watu. He doesn't. He doesn't honestly seem like a good neighbor. He kind of just keeps to himself a lot, and then. But when he does pop out, he'll just start floating you around without you asking, and and just making you, you fight know. people. Right, make make you fight people. He's 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 very much like a like a gladiator uh, arena master. Like you will fight because I said so. It's just like wait, why? Because they're here. Like is that? How, what do you do on Halloween? He must be lonely there by himself on the moon, you know, and this, this is, yeah. kind of, he doesn't know how to talk to people. He sees everything, you know, that that's kind of the, the tragedy of Oatu, the watcher. He sees everything. He knows everything, but does anyone really know him? I feel like the rest of his people, but like, even he's like separate from them. Yeah. He's yeah. like, we're the watchers, that I'm the watchers watcher. Just like, what? Why? Like, why did you choose this, man? Like, why are you being extra hard? Is it really your fault? Yeah. I, he doesn't seem very good at... I don't know how... Like, I, I don't know if we've ever seen... Like, I don't know if the other watchers are better at this than him, but he doesn't seem to be very consistent in his own rules about non-interference. He's just always changing his mind about that. I mean, his whole thing is he's like, yes, we will... Uh... We will not interfere. It's just like, bro, you're directly interfering and telling them about how you don't interfere. Like, how is this not interfering? Yeah. He didn't need to show up at all. He could have, like, they wouldn't have known, you know, the thing was just hanging out and happened to run into the red ghost and these apes. The watcher didn't need to do anything, but he was just like, nah, y'all going to show up on the moon. This is where I live. You, you humans aren't going to bring your war to the moon. And he takes it some and then, kind of and then he makes he, Yeah, he says that, and then he makes him fight, which I, like, you can't bring your war here, so fight to the death. What? Right. So, right out the gate, he's interfering in a significant way, I think. Maybe he's like that, like, grumpy neighbor in all those, like, young childhood movies, and then by the end of the movie, it turns out they're just not... Not that they're, they're, they're a mean person, just they're sad and mistaken, they're actually really nice. Because I feel like... By the time we're done with this, like we'll be like we'll we'll feel differently about Uatu. Yeah, no, I I don't. I mean, I I don't have hate for the guy. I mean that that's why we're here. I'm trying to get him to be on the podcast. That's that's why we drove up here in my in my Nissan Sentra to to the moon. That's why we're here. But oh, is that where we are? Because I definitely was asleep in the car. Right. No. 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 Yeah. I, I came, swung by, got you. Th- thankfully, everything worked out in our last adventure and i was able to get the car fixed up dwarves did a really good job yeah yeah once i I actually got to the dwarves and and got them to to fix it i think it voided my warranty uh but what are you gonna do hey got you to the moon i'll have to do it it again right yeah not many cars can go to the moon nick furies can we'll see that later but but (laughs) yeah what what do you think your power would be if you were inflicted with cosmic rays if i was inflicted with cosmic rays uh, yeah, 
I feel like I'd get something, like, super silly, but, like, really useful. Like, I feel like I'd be able to, like, mutate my body to, like, grow, like, extra limbs, but only to, like, a certain extent. Four extra legs, or, like, three arms, and, like, a tail and stuff, and, like, I feel like that would be pretty fun. That would be cool. I think I, mine... I want something to be, you know, useful in everyday life. That's what I would really hope for. Yeah. What I, I think I would wish mine would be is if I had this little invisible me that I could create to do things that I didn't feel like doing. That would be great. Oh, I got to get up and do the laundry and then just think about it and then you see a little scampering. Right. I can just continue playing video games and have make make even if it was just one thing like like make phone calls for me like I, I you know that would be cool but i don't want it to, i don't want it to be a permanent like a clone situation i don't want them to be like existing out in the world all the time i just want to sometimes have a duplicate me for certain things like a small that. restricted list like you can, you can do like one of five things and that's right it. yeah because if you just have a clone that gets complicated there's the risk that the clone will be evil and then just try to steal your life from you. I don't want a clone. That just, that seems messy. Also, we could just be like, you know, you just don't know what's going to happen when you have a clone, you know? Just because you clone your body doesn't mean you clone yourself. You clone your identity. I feel like, I feel like there's a fine line in cloning where like, they're a person, but I feel like they have to develop their own personality that's, like, based off yours. So you could really, like, see your potential be like, alright, I'm gonna clone myself, and then I'm gonna push this guy to be super into science, and then see what I could have been if I had, like, followed that path or something. Right. Well, that's kind of what the Watcher does. He 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 could just see that. So he, he knows that. So the Watcher's out here, he, he sees all the alternate timelines. He sees that timeline where, where I became a scientist. And he knows. It is a cool fight, though, I thought. Fantastic Four between the Red Ghost and the Apes. I like how then or the thing's just like, oh, I hate rocks. And it, nope, nope, I'm a monkey. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that just starts the whole fight. This ape is, like, stronger than him, I guess. He just throws the thing the thing like comes at him and, and this ape just like tosses him <laughs> like he like does like a judo job to toss or something it's crazy i mean it kind of makes sense that the super powered monkey would be more powerful than super powered man it does because they just, are it, yeah it is weird to think about though be like oh yeah that makes sense but i don't i still don't like it because he's made out of rock that's the thing like the the the, the monkey wasn't made out of rock he's just no, he's just made just, out of monkey kind of big yeah he just has just furry and i don't know i don't know the red ghost trespasses in the watto's house and and the watcher sends him back through time then forward in time and then just kind of kicks him out and it's kind of funny this this exact same thing i didn't realize this when i was reading it but i read an issue of x-men where the same exact thing happens the wolverine wolverine just kind of tumbles into the watcher's house and the Watcher's like, how dare you disturb the privacy of the Watcher? And he, and he sends him back in time, and then he sends him forward in time, and then he just, like, shoots him out of the house. I, I didn't realize that this... this I, I never realized that that was, like, an exact homage to this first time that it happens to the Red Ghost, so... That's just, that's just his response, like, all right, you're in my house. Sorry, you gotta go through, go through time. Yeah, I, I feel like it's just an automatic alarm system, you know? That's just the Watcher's, like, security system in his house. It just, 
it's not even him like saying that it's just it's just like a, a recording automatic yeah it's just a recording yeah. of him saying foolish earthling you dare disturb the privacy of the watcher and then they get sent back through time forward in time and then get kicked out that's just an automatic thing that happens and he's just somewhere else in the house watching something like, oh, look at this duck civilization. Oh, look, they've got ducks with swords. And they just, oh, there's battles going outside of the house. He's like, oh, man, these ducks are really cool. Right. So the other thing is at the end, he says he's going to leave. He's just like, oh, I guess I can't live on the moon anymore because, you know, I'm here. And then he's like, I'm out. And he says he's going to live somewhere else. But but he actually doesn't because he's he's just on the moon again later. Like he he's just he lives on the moon still. I feel so. like he I feel like he like because he was there they were like all right well we can't do the moon because there's already a thing there. Yeah, I feel like he was just lying. I guess or he just came back because he saw yeah, Galactus too. on his way to Earth for a snack. My plan to save the Earth involves only the Human Torch. You and the one known as the Thing must leave the room. But I know of a device unlike anything on Earth. It is in a place that only the torch can reach. We must force open the fabric of time itself. You are traveling back, far, far back into the center of infinity. It's 2014, and despite what Watu the Watcher said at the end of Fantastic 413, he doesn't leave. He sticks around on the moon, continues to observe the happenings on planet Earth, and shows up in person whenever something really serious starts to go down. And while he claims to be forbidden from interfering, he bends that rule a lot. Like when he helps the Fantastic Four find the ultimate nullifier to ward off Galactus from eating Earth. Or when he helps save Reed and Sue's wedding when a bunch of supervillains attack. Or when he stops Deadpool from killing a monster that looks like a really cute puppy. Tiamat the Dreaming Celestial eventually calculates that the Watcher interfered on Earth 337 times. In addition to reading every single Marvel comic book published, Owatu kind of gets his own comic for a while called What If. In the series, the Watcher explores the multiverse, examining what would have happened if the great moments in Marvel Comics history had went a different way. What if the X-Men died on their first mission? What if the Venom symbiote possessed the Punisher? What if Wolverine battled Conan the Barbarian? What if Iron Man sold out? These are some of the questions the Watcher asks and answers. His sight sees all that is, and all possibilities of what could be. But at last comes a day when Owatu is confronted with one final what-if. What if the Watcher sees his own death? What does he do then? For this time, at least, he is true to his ethos, and doesn't interfere. When a group of not-exactly-A-list villains show up to steal the Watcher's technology, Owatu doesn't stop them, even to the point where the orb rips out and steals one of his eyes. Nick Fury finds out about the break-in. He's an old man now, the infinity formula that used to keep him young all used up. But even though he's retired from S.H.I.E.L.D., he's carried on another job all these years. In secret, he's acted as the man on the wall, a one-man agent that protects the planet against an endless barrage of alien invasions, through any brutal means necessary. Fury finds Uatu, missing an eye, amidst the ransacked wreckage of his home. He asks the Watcher for the names of who did this, and Owatu again refuses to interfere. But he does tell Fury that he knows everything that he's done. He's seen the countless beings Fury has slaughtered, year after year, all in the shadows, in secret. Fury becomes more and more frustrated. The weapons and technology in Owatu's home are too dangerous. He needs to know who has them. But the Watcher reveals nothing. 
Fury continues to interrogate, but then, suddenly, he puts it all together. They didn't just steal Owatu's stuff, they also stole his eye. And all the time he's kept tabs on Owatu, Fury has never seen the Watcher write anything down, type anything, speak into a recording device, nothing. No, it's all in the eyes. The secrets of an entire planet, all stored in two eyes. What could be more valuable than an eye full of secrets? Think of all the people he could save with that information, of all the bad guys he could kill. It's been a long, long time since Fury's hand has trembled while holding a gun. Does it now? Who knows? But either way, Nick Fury shoots the Watcher. Original, Original Sin, Sin, number one. By writer Jason Aaron, artist Mike Diodato, color artist Frank Martin, and letterer Chris Eliopoulos. Edited by Jake Thomas, Tom Brevort, and Will Moss. Nick Fury, Captain America, Black Widow, and Wolverine all sit around a table at a diner, reminiscing and telling old war stories. When Captain America gets a call, something big went down on the moon, something bad. He asks Fury if he'll come with him to take a look, but Fury protests, saying he's retired from all that since giving up S.H.I.E.L.D. and aging up into an old man. But when Captain America insists, Fury agrees, as long as he gets to drive. He takes the four up to the blue area of the moon in his flying car, and they meet up with Thor and Iron Man. It quickly becomes apparent that they're at the scene of a murder, and the victim is the Watcher. I gotta say, I like the, the scene where you see the Watcher dead, that one. It's it's graphic, but it's not distasteful, you know what I mean? And you're like, alright, I can look at that and appreciate the detail without being skeeved or grossed out. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. So I guess you know from the cover it says who shot the Watcher, but once you get to that page, you're like, oh shit! Like someone shot the Watcher. Like <laughs> yeah, they, shot, they definitely shot <laughs> like him. Like he's like bleeding out, like he's dead. It's strange. I guess the security system didn't work when. Yeah, it sounds like it didn't work. The orb goes to steal all his shit. It 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 it. it you know, I guess the security system had broken down. Maybe maybe he didn't stay up on his payments. He decided it was an expense that wasn't really worth it. It was really only the Red Ghost and Wolverine up until then. So he was just like, you know what, I'm, I'm paying this monthly fee. How often do people actually try to break into my house? Not very often, but that was his downfall. He got comfortable. Yeah, It was probably like the day after he had his subscription too. Yeah, that's how it always happens. I thought it was kind of neat how they took two characters that I, I guess they were just kind of done with them. And they're like, how many times can you just have the watcher show up and say, oh, I must not interfere, but then interfere. Yeah. You know, it feels and, like as the rest of the Marvel universe got more powerful, he just became like kind of obsolete. Right. And then they took Nick Fury, who at this point they had him retired and they said, OK, we'll we'll make him the new watcher. <laughs> so that way he can kind of just always be around because he's always just around. Yeah, he kind of he kind of was the watcher, but like on a just Earth scale. Right. It changed a lot. And the first issue doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Yeah, a lot like, of it doesn't what... make sense. It makes sense by the end, but it takes a it takes a while. There's like four story like four or five storylines and they're all the same thing but you, you don't know that it's pretty fun i like the i like the team-ups dr strange and the punisher winter soldier and moon knight like some of the some of these team-ups are, are are interesting they're kind of fun yeah like people you like wouldn't you, expect to like team up but like it works 
Yeah, like you don't normally see Black Panther, Ant-Man, and Emma Frost together, you know? It's just not not something you normally see, but it's just, yeah. just kind of fun. Yeah, and and you're right. It does it does change a lot because a lot comes out of this. One of one of the big things is this is how you get Jane Foster as the Mighty Thor, just because Thor can't pick up his hammer by the end of yep. this because of something Fury revealed that he found out through the eye. So that leads. That's how you get that version of the character. Some other things. It seems like there's going to be big changes, but nothing super long lasting happens out of it. Like. The Winter Soldier becomes the the man on the wall, but I, I have no idea how long that lasted, but it, it didn't, didn't last. last that long. So another character that comes out of this is Silk, Cindy Moon. I liked Silk. Peter learns about someone else that was bit by the spider at the same time that he was, that he, he had never known about. And I like that it kind of like breaks up the superhero community. It's not like a like huge ripple, but like people are a bit more reserved about everything. Even though everything's out in the air now, it's kind of it's it's nice to because like I feel like there's times where if the superhero community is too knit, it's hard to do like a story. So you kind of have to have some bit of friction here and there to keep everything from being one sided as like the good guys versus the bad guys. Yeah, that's a good point, and I think that this does strike a good balance at that because if you tear it if you tear them apart too far, then it's like, well, how did they ever? reconcile like if you think about the civil war in in captain america and iron man they they kind of had to become friends again just because they were in these blockbuster mcu movies but but like the stuff that iron man did to me it was there was never a reason why those two would have ever been friends again yeah there's like there's like huge like breaking of trust but like they don't really ever become really friends again like they work together but like they don't really see each other until what infinity war and at, at when after tony's back from space and he's he's you can see in his eyes he's hurt and he's pissed at the cap where were you man where were you he actually he, and he like you know he he's the one that like i think you could tell that he was the one that was the most hurt by everything and then he was the one that like you know reach out and then where were you man like, I feel like that's one of, like, those scenes that helps redeem a lot of Tony from Civil War. Yeah, in the movies, it definitely does make more sense. Yeah, I don't know. In, in, the, in the comics, though, it's just, I, I don't see them ever becoming friends again. But they but they do, just because eventually Marvel's just like, you, you, you need to have them on the same Avengers team at yeah. some point. Regardless of who did what. <laughs> how like how much that would like burn a bridge between their friendship they just they just put them on a team together but like with original sin like that this is it's not like an all-out conflict it's just everybody's just kind of like side-eyeing each other and hey how come you never told me about that you know how come you did this how come you know so it it creates a lot more natural tension versus this big artificial thing but yeah it's it's got some cool moments in here i mean the, the mindless one with the ultimate nullifier it talked and said something to me. I think Nick Fury's car is very cool. Yeah, and I guess it can just... I mean, I always knew it could fly around. That's kind of a shield spy technology thing. But I didn't know it yeah. could fly in space. But it, it can. You just, you, go straight from, you just go straight to the moon. Man, that guy. Because apparently this whole time, while he was doing all the other stuff he was doing, he was the man on the wall. This dude who just protected Earth from all these secret invasions of, of all kinds of aliens and different threats he, he's he doing all this other stuff i, I mean so I, I guess it's just in his blood he's got that infinity formula that slows his aging so maybe it just i don't know maybe he doesn't need to sleep as much 
if Nick Fury had to go up against Batman, who wins that? But yeah. even if you take him down to just the individual man and what they can do on their own, like the scale is still kind of the same with or without the support staff, I feel. Right. Who do you think would win in like an eating contest? Like Nick Fury hands down. Nick, he just, Nick Fury. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like he doesn't sleep, so he just has to eat more food more often. Right. Whereas, like, we, we, we've seen Batman not eat Alfred's food. Right. Whereas I don't think I've ever seen Nick Fury pass food up. Right. That I'm sure someone's going to make a comment about me being wrong, but, like, please do. I'd like to, to, to read that. Yeah, Infinity Formula, I mean, it's got to increase his metabolism too, right? Or could decrease it. And maybe he doesn't eat at all. I don't I don't understand the Infinity Formula. But I, think I, that I don't think anybody does. What's he making up there? Galactus prefers to drain life energy from a planet's creamy magma filling first and save the crunchy outer shell for last. Why don't you do something? I did. I made popcorn. <laughs> After the Watcher's corpse is discovered, Nick Fury sends anonymous messages to individuals around the globe, inviting them to try to solve the mystery of Uatu's murder. His real goal is to test them and find a successor for his post as the man on the wall. Meanwhile, the orb releases the Watcher's eyeball in a psychic explosion that reverberates outward in vast waves of psychic backlash, revealing to characters numerous secrets witnessed by Uatu over the years. Like, turns out the gamma bomb that transformed Bruce Banner into the Hulk was developed by Tony Stark. Thor finds out that he has a sister. Spider-Man finds out there was another person to be bitten by a radioactive spider the same day he was. And Captain America finds out the Illuminati erased his memory after he uncovered their plans to develop ways to destroy alternate planet Earths in case they needed to in order to save their own Earth from a wave of universe-destroying incursions. <sighs> By the end of the original Sin event, Nick Fury is revealed as the killer, and a group of other Watchers punish him by bonding his body with Watu's eye. Nick Fury becomes the Unseen, cursed to live on the moon and watch him record the events of Earth. But then... Later on, Uatu pops out of the Watcher Eye bonded with Fury, fully formed, alive. He makes Fury as the Unseen his herald and declares that they have to prepare against an invasion of a powerful alien race called the Reckoning. Fantastic, Fantastic Four, Four. Reckoning, Reckoning War, War. Alpha, 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 Number One. By writer Dan Slott, artists Carlos Pacheco, Rafael Fonterez, and Carlos Magno, color artist Guru EFX, and letterer Joe Caramagna. Edited by Annalise Bisa and Tom Brevort. The Reckoning blow up the moon in a preemptive strike against Uatu the Watcher and the Unseen. Before that, the Watcher places all of his knowledge in this energy bubble. On Earth, a bunch of superheroes gather together to try to save everyone from the rain of moon fragments falling down on the planet. The Fantastic Four are amongst these heroes, but then decide they have to go out to space and investigate. While there, Reed finds the bubble that Uatu left, and absorbs it, becoming a truly next-level know-it-all. Meanwhile, the Watcher and the Unseen manage to escape before the moon was destroyed. Uatu goes to his people to enlist their help against the Reckoning. Turns out, the Watchers are responsible for the Reckoning, having given them weapons long ago. After the Reckoning used these weapons for evil purposes, the Watchers vowed never to interfere again. But perhaps the time has come at last for the Watchers to do more than watch.
yeah, the Watcher, he comes back to life and he, he goes from non-interference to just all out. We'll call the troops. Yeah, we gotta we gotta interfere. We gotta stop stop these guys. I'm not gonna lie, the first couple panels, or I think it's the first page where you first see Fury. I'm like, who's this bald, one-eyed guy? Like, who is yeah, this? What's going it's, on? It's and so then it wasn't bizarre. until like later when he's when you see him with the Watcher, I'm just like, oh, that's Fury. I'm like, oh, I don't. I don't like this Fury. It's so bizarre. Yeah, he has the eye patch, but otherwise, it's like there's nothing. It looks nothing like him. It's just like, what is who is this guy? Yeah, this is this is this was a weird one. the The moon blows up. What do you think of that? You know, in middle school, I wrote a story about the moon blowing up, and I got sent to the guidance counselor's office because they were concerned I was troubled and was going to do something. And I was they like, no, that man. you were going to blow up the moon. Well, they were like, you know, you can't blow up the moon. I'm like, well, not right now, but maybe when I'm older, like, you know, you can't do that. Like, that would like kill a lot of people. I'm just like, no, I do in a way where people would survive. I don't want to hurt people. Just be like, I don't know, man. I feel like blowing up the moon. I thought we were having a fun little game. And then I like looked up at, at the guy's counselor. And I was just like, I understand I can't blow up the moon and I don't really want to. This I thought this was like just a fun assignment. And she's like, oh, okay. She's like, How's everything at home? You all right? I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm fine. Are you sure? I'm like, yeah, just, you know, school. Yeah, with a small house with a big family. Yeah, I mean, they should have. You should have just told him what Reed Richards said when Johnny was like, "Oh, can we can we survive without the moon?" And he said, "Many planets do fine without one, Johnny." And that's all the. the it's funny does. though, because in, in in my story, like, I end up in jail for blowing up the moon. So, like, obviously, I understand that blowing up the moon is bad and has consequences. I never right. understood why I got in trouble. I I don't know. People are touchy. Maybe people were just touchy about blowing up the moon at that point. You know, Sometimes there's a whole people... guy whose Twitter is about like fighting and beating up the moon. Yeah, I, I I can't say I haven't thought about it. I mean, sometimes it's just there mocking you. You're like, what do you what do you think? Why do you think you're you're so cool, moon? Some people say you're not even real, moon. You're just a, a giant space station. Who says that? It's a conspiracy theory that's like a giant ship. It's not actually a moon, and we don't need it. Is this like a flat Earth thing, or is this different? There's probably a, some. There's some overlap, but I don't know how much. Because I never. What do flat Earthers think about the moon? Like, what do they think it is? It's something that I don't. I don't like, do they decoration? Think, like, do they think the moon is flat too? Do they think? I, the I don't. I don't know. I know there's a sect of flat Earthers that think. That, like, the cosmos is just decorations for us to look at. And it's not like there's no reason to even go out there because everything we need is here. Yeah. There's also a a group of those people that overlap with the religious flat earthers that think that this is heaven and that, like, going anywhere else is, like, a sin. Wow. Yeah, but if you blew up the moon, pretty sure there would be dire, and I'm not a scientist, but I'm sure there would be dire effects to the planet i think it controls the tides so you would mess the up. tides so yeah. like it would i think it would like it would it would wreak havoc on, on the coasts but right. like i don't know for how long but i definitely know it, it would mess with like most of the sea life and probably end up killing a lot of them yeah i'm a little concerned i gotta i gotta check on what happened to the marvel universe's earth's moon <laughs> like did they get it back because like what what is going on without like do they have their moon back i mean can't franklin richards just be like pop the moon's back i guess i mean he's really selective about what what, what he does and when yeah but i feel like that's one of those ones just like 
come on, Franklin, we kind of need the moons. Like, All right, Dad, I got you. Yeah. Reed's not concerned about it at all. He's just like, John, Johnny was the one that was like, can the Earth survive without the moon? And, and Reed's just like, many planets do fine without one, Johnny. I feel like sometimes when Reed's calculating stuff in his mind and doesn't want to like relay that information, that he's either still calculating or like it's really bad, he just says something like that that's very generic. Like, right. Reed, do you think we can just, we can breathe in space? Well, Johnny, you know, there's plenty of space creatures that breathe in space. Like, yeah, but I'm not a space creature. I'm a human, Reed. Like, answer my question, man. Yeah, he's kind of an aloof dick sometimes, like, the way he talks to people, which is funny. It's it's so funny. And you think people, like, you think people be, like, and, like, Johnny's just used to it. He's all right. Yeah. Yeah, you, you remember when Master Roshi blew up the moon? Yeah. In, in Dragon Ball? Don't they wish it back? Does that ever happen on screen or on panel? I mean, the moon definitely is there at some point. It comes back because then Piccolo destroys the moon later on in Dragon Ball Z. Because first, Goku goes on a rampage because there's a full moon at the one of the tournaments. And so Master Roshi has to blow up the moon. Blow up the moon, yeah. Yeah, and then which is awesome, like badass moment, 100%. And you can get away with that in Dragon Ball. In in Mar- when I'm reading this in a Marvel comic about the Fantastic Four, I expect there to be a little bit of science, and Reed just not be like, "Oh yeah, fuck the moon." Like I expected that there would be a little bit of consequences, but but whatever. But but in Dragon Ball, it's like I don't I don't care about any of that. But it is funny that it, it just comes back without any explanation later on when Gohan. The same thing happens with Gohan. He he, he transforms and and Piccolo's like I gotta destroy the moon. Blow up moon. Yeah, and he just destroys the moon. So great minds think alike. Master Roshi and Piccolo both straight to the source. It's just like it's the moon causing this. And, Go and the moon. And it just speaks to how powerful Saiyans are in their transformed state. You know, it's easier to just destroy the moon than and to, to, fight to them. stop them. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, so Marvel Universe and Dragon Ball Universe, their moon status are both both in question right now in my mind. I feel like there's a scene later on. They talk about the moon, like the narrator's like, "Oh, the moon is something, something, something," and then like they talk, and then it like goes back into the episode. Yeah. So there's a so Gohan transforms twice while he's train tra- being trained by Piccolo, and the second time. After Piccolo destroys the moon, it's like a, it's like a projection by it might even be Goku's original spaceship? spaceship thing that brought him to Earth. It might even be that that's like projecting a picture of the moon into space, and that's what's transforming Gohan. And Piccolo's <laughs> just like losing his fucking mind because he's just like, I destroyed the moon. Why is there a moon here? <laughs> and he tries <laughs> to destroy it again, and his blast just goes straight through it, and he's just like, ah, oh, it's a it's like a projection and then he destroys the spaceship. I'm pretty sure it is supposed to be Goku, like the spaceship that brought Goku to earth. So he destroys that. And then that's how he stops Gohan the second time. And in that, in that scene, I do remember Matt, there being like this little interlude where like master Roshi is looking up at the, the at space and someone's like, Oh, the moon's really bright today. And master Roshi is looking at the moon and he's just like, you can tell he's just like, that's not the, that's not the moon. <laughs> <laughs> I destroyed the moon. I know what the moon looks like. Maybe Master Roshi wished the moon back after, you know, he felt bad. He liked he liked the moon. So just went on a solo time. quest, didn't tell yeah. anyone. 
He just got all the Dragon Balls together, wished the moon back. That's that's what I'm thinking happened. You know, I'm starting to think that maybe Reed had a, a countermeasure for if the moon blown up to keep the Earth from falling apart. So that's why he says what he says. Like, come on, Johnny. Like, you really think I was going to let the, bl- the moon blow up and us not have, like, a plan? Because he, he always tries to, like, he, you know, that's his thing. He tries to solve the problem of everything. That is what he does. So that is possible. I kind of like yeah. our, our take that he's just an arrogant dick, though, because it fits. I think it fits the character. Well, I think, I think they both, both I fit think, the character. Yeah, I think both are true. I think both these things are true. I think it's a it, yes and situation. Yeah, this is actually fairly recent. This is from last year. And I just, I, I just don't, I, I didn't read this, this Dan Slot run of Fantastic Four. A lot of, a lot of people didn't like it, so I never, I never checked it out. I like some of his other stuff. I like his Spider-Man. So the Watcher goes and summons all of his kind, so they can, so he can convince them to, to stop the reckoning. To act, yeah, yeah. And as he's doing so, the reckoning blow up the moon, which is where the Watcher is. But the Watcher does does get away at the last second but and he leaves behind this like bubble of like all his knowledge and reed just puts it on his head yeah and reed just says like i'm gonna this bubble's mine i'm gonna and they're like don't do it I'm reed. He's just like, i'm doing it like which i feel like it's a reoccurring thing don't do it reed i'm doing it yeah that that is kind of a thing that happens but only this time ben doesn't you know i i don't know why ben didn't just put him in a little jar i don't know i don't know why ben just doesn't bring that little cube around all the time when reed's about to do something hey reed Reed, uh, you want to go back in the cube yeah it's cuban time yeah it's it's cuban time (laughs) it's cuban time Squish, you squish. into a Cuban time. <laughs> um, yeah, Reed, Reed must have come up with some kind of countermeasure against that at some point, is all I can think of. Yeah, but I do like, like the, the one, uh, it's the bottom half of the page. I am Reed Richards. I know everything. All traumatic, he's got like the Watcher's eyes going. That is cool. That was a cool reveal. I don't know what's more horrifying, that or the, the, the very last page where you actually see the reckoning or, right or wrath i mean right because he I looks pretty wrath. badass but then like also reckoning. seeing reed richards like that like man i know reed richards like this 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 is not gonna end well or maybe yeah it will. like reed is already a know-it-all like but now he literally knows it all he knows it all yeah just like how much not... more arrogant can he get guess we'll see <laughs> But yeah, we do learn more about the whole history of the Watchers and the reason why they they swore they would never interfere because, you know, way back when they just interfered all the time. They were just flying around, zipping to all these civilizations and being like, hey, want some cool we'll technology? And they were like, yeah, man, give us some of that sweet technology. And, and they were, you know, Watchers were just giving everybody all this stuff. But one of these, one of these space races used all of it to develop all these war machines and they they went all around the universe and caused all kinds of havoc and the watchers were just like what how could you do that so they decided that they would just watch from then on yeah i I feel like there was some middle ground here you know that where they could they just don't seem very nuanced being as smart as they are you think they would be more but they they just decide that they're not gonna interfere with anything ever, no matter what happens. Kind of childlike. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Maybe they are children. That's the whole secret. They're actually children. Their parents will show up at some point. One thing I do like about 
him, the Watcher, is he's always asking, what if? What if? But shouldn't he know? Well, he does by the end of, you know, he does. He, he asks it and then, and then, and then he knows all of a sudden. What's the, and what's then, the turnaround time on that? You think? About and a comic. Like instant, instantaneous about a comic? About a length of a comic or, or like a half an hour, 20 minutes, half an hour in the TV show. <laughs> I'd love to see more redundant ones, like, what if Cyclops' eye beam is blue? Yeah, that's an interesting one, because... So, Cyclops's optic blasts... Come from a, a different plane that's, like, all energy, right? Yeah, so the thing with these what-ifs is that each one is its own designated uni- like universe in the multiverse. Yeah. Blue I thought it was, of- like, a, like, a subplane, kind of like how, like... Limbo's a, like a plane, but like I'm sure there is a definitive answer to this. I, I know that America Chavez at some point actually goes to that plane. Yeah, well, I never thought about destroying that plane so he can go back to living his life. Well, it's not easy to destroy a plane. Yeah, but he knows Wanda. Yeah, I don't know. I think he likes his powers. I feel like there's a missed opportunity between. The Watchmen and Uatu, even though they're different universes, te- technically. That's true. It's like, who watches the Watchmen? The Watcher watches the, the Watchmen. But who, who watches the Watcher? Who watches the Watcher? Other Watchers. <laughs> it's just Daisy Chain of Watchers watching <laughs> Watchers. All right, Bill, and on Tuesday, you're watching Ted because Jim's on vacation. All right, nice. I do really like our idea about what if the watchers are all kids though. Like that's brilliant. Like Like they advanced so they advanced so far that they actually um ascended to a new level and because of their you know, they're so new to this level, they're actually they're, they're not ch- actual children, but like they don't understand their place, so they do childish things. I think that makes that's I think that's a great story. Yeah, I just like. Can you just imagine if one, if like Owaku was just on the moon watching something go down, and his dad just shows up and it's just like Owaku, what what are you doing? You're not gonna stop this from happening. It's just like, Dad, you told me I could interfere. It's like, yeah, don't don't like you know interfere with them, but in certain situations. You can. You can't you can't follow my instructions to the letter. That explains why he's always very back and forth about it. Right. Well, maybe if I explain to him that I'm not supposed to be doing this, he'll understand that I'm doing it, why I'm doing it. Any any other thoughts on Oatu the Watcher? I hope at the end of the story he comes back and does a better job of watching. Hope he's hope his, he's refreshed from his little vacation. Yeah, I, I just want the moon to be back and for the Watcher to be back in his home to get his security system back online so he can just, you know, anyone that breaks in there, they'll just go back in time, go forward in time, and then just get kicked out. That's the thing about comics. A lot of times they just go back to the status quo. And for certain things, that's nice. Like, I just yeah. want the Watcher to get a status quo back. Be hanging out, chilling in his crib. I, I miss the random, I am Uatu the Watcher, and I have taken a vow of never interfering, but I must come to tell you that something bad is happening. What do you mean? That's all I can tell you. Goodbye. It's just like, you did not make the situation any better. It is now drastically worse, because I know who you are, and I know when you appear, it means very <laughs> bad things are happening. <laughs> and before I could finish my sentence, you were gone. Yeah, it's kind of like that that quantum principle thing. It's like observing it changes. Again, I'm not a scientist, but it's like observing it, it changes the changes it. 
the outcome, right? Yeah. It's like, isn't just by showing up and saying he can't interfere, isn't that already kind of interfering? That's going to change the outcome because like he's always showing up whenever something important is happening. Doesn't that cue people into the fact that it's an important and that's going to change what they're going to do. You know, I feel like they say that in one of the stories. They're like, he appears. They're like, oh man, not, and like someone actually makes a, like a, a grand comment, like Uatu's here. You know, it's now you know it's bad, right? And it's it's not like he has to do that too. Like we know that he can see things from the moon in his home, but he kind of just chooses to show up. And it's like, no, this one I gotta have like ringside seats for like this one this 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 is gonna be good yeah this one's gonna be good he just shows um, what if he just shows up with like popcorn and like a soda i think that's that's the watcher comic i want to watch it's just like a lazy day in the multiverse like everyone's taking days off villains are rebuilding their stuff so he's just walking around just like watching like oh what's wolverine doing oh he's napping and like 80 different universes. All right, this is lame. Like, what's the Hulk doing? Oh, he's just banner today. Oh, that's lame. And he's just trying to find something good to watch until it's bedtime. Agreed. All right, well, thanks for joining me, Joe. Thanks for having me, Ben. Yeah, definitely. So what's, what's the plan? Are we, like, are we camping out at the moon for a little bit, or are we driving back tonight? Uh, well, the nice thing about the blue area on the moon is we can breathe here. So we're good on that. I don't know. Did you bring any food or anything to cook? I've got some teddy grams in my bag. Yeah. Because that's the thing. There's nowhere really to eat here. Like, there's no fat, you know, there's no fast food in this ancient civilization. I don't know. I feel like they had the Fantastic Four found a disintegration ray. There's got to be, like, a, a food replicator or something we could find. Yeah. Well, they built that. Reed Richards just kind of, like, built it. Um, oh, true. Yeah, but we can try. Maybe we can build. Maybe we can build something. We can build up a, a food replicator to start piecing random things together. See what happens. We yeah, might. Te- we might be able to do that. Yeah, we might. Yeah, we might or just we- starve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so probably you know probably we'll head back soon. All but right. It was it was cool. It's cool being here on the moon with you though. I mean, yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. Put a lot of miles on my on my Nissan Sentra, but you know that's what they're yeah. that's what they're for. That's what cars are for. Gotta take you from A to B. Yeah, I'll just need I'll just get my oil changed when I get when I get back. It'll be good. Oh yeah, definitely an oil change. Yeah, I'm probably want to check the uh, the wiper blade fluids too. I don't know how many bugs are in space, but I feel like there's definitely stuff that other dust up the windshield. My defroster was really going overtime too. I'll probably need to uh, replace the filter. It was worth it All though. Right. Very worth it. Yeah. So Joe, uh, I, where where can people find you? I am on uh, Twitch, uh, twitch.tv backslash snacking. I have a Twitter, snacking and some numbers. I don't really tweet, but yeah, ba- basically if you ever see snacking on the internet, that's that's probably me. So say hi. I do a, a quite a bit of gaming. We'll probably be doing some more card game streamings coming up this year. So we'll be on the lookout for that. Nice. And as far as where you all can find me online, check out the show notes. That'll have everything, including the Patreon, where you could give me a dollar a month to fund my new nonprofit that will help superpowered animals safely separate from their abusive supervillain owners. Next up, in two weeks, is Jason Todd, the Red Hood, guest starring the Gotham Outsiders podcast. Don't miss it. Until then, always remember, there are many planets that do well without a moon, but not this one without you. See ya. Thank you.